Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. Today, let's try a little thought experiment. Suppose that we were placed in charge of developing tools that, in one way or another, would help us to try to get the COVID-19 pandemic under control. What would we look for? We might start with two questions about such tools. What do we want a tool to do? And will it work? Our first thought might be a very straightforward one. We might opt for widespread COVID-19 testing and then figure out what percentage of those tested proved positive and what percent proved negative. That seems pretty sensible. We could then graph over time whether the percentage of the population who'd actually come down with the disease was rising or falling. And indeed, some countries have been doing just that. Alas, ours is not one of those countries. At present, we have neither the test kits nor the follow-up infrastructure to make widespread testing feasible or effective. Well then, we might try thinking of other tools that would give us an idea of whether someone might be likely to have the COVID-19 symptoms. That sort of tool is not a test, of course, but at least it gives us something to work with. So, we might think about COVID symptoms and then think about how we might try to identify symptoms in large numbers of people. For example, people entering a large factory or warehouse to go to work, or people entering a public building like a courthouse for one reason or another. In looking over the list of symptoms that often accompany a COVID-19 infection, a fever seems to be one that might not be too difficult to find on a large scale. It probably wouldn't be practical to try to stick a thermometer in everyone's mouth who was entering a large factory or warehouse, but we could set up a fast-acting skin temperature detector that people would pass by so we could pull people out of line and check them further, or even just send them home if they seemed to be giving off an unusual amount of heat. But where could we find such a machine? And would it really tell us anything about people's medical conditions? Well, some people seem to think so. Red light ticket-giving camera company RedSpeed, for example, has rushed in to claim that its supposed speed-tracking cameras have been modified to detect skin heat on people. At 30 grand a pop, this is a technology that can make a company a lot of money at a time when a few cities are canceling their red light running contracts. Okay, so now we know that heat-sensing camera companies may be able to provide tech tools that we might use. We note, however, that most of those cameras, whatever the nameplate on them, are actually made by a Chinese company that Congress has prohibited federal agencies from purchasing from. But that's a story for another day. So, if we have an answer to the first of our questions, what might a tool be and how could we get it, there's still the second question, would it work? The answer is that thermal cameras can, in fact, detect heat reflected off skin. Alas, why that heat is there, or whether it means someone has a fever, is another matter entirely. In short, deploying these heat-sensing cameras in factories or Amazon warehouses, both things that are going on around the country right now, amounts to little more than what Bruce Schneer, in another context, referred to as, quote, security theater. It makes it look like something's going on, but it doesn't actually make much difference. 
There are dozens of reasons why someone's skin might be giving off heat. Say that they just ran from their car in the parking lot to get to the entrance to the factory to be on time, for example. No, this one is not going to solve our problem. What other kind of tool might we try? Well, in recent articles in the academic journal Nature Medicine, a group of researchers affiliated with Massachusetts General Hospital and King's College in London created an application that allowed people to check off what symptoms they were feeling. That info, along with basic demographic information like age and sex, when subjected to certain mathematical analyses, found that the app was about 80% effective in telling whether someone was coming down with the virus, a fact that was confirmed by actual testing. Interestingly, the number one symptom that predicted early on whether someone was infected with the virus was the loss of taste and smell. Although 2.5 million people were using the app during the month-long testing period, there's still a lot more studying to be done, but this is a very promising potential tool. Instead of only testing people when they show up at a hospital emergency room already strongly afflicted by the virus, this type of self-screening can indicate early on whether someone is likely to become infected. It helps to deal with the problem of insufficient testing capability. Since people only need to put in their zip codes rather than a raft of personal information, it doesn't ring privacy alarms either. But it does allow health experts to see whether there are emerging possible areas of COVID-19 growth and to take steps to cut down COVID transmission. Could be a promising tool, and one that would help get a little closer to figuring out what percentage of people in a given area are actually getting the virus in the absence of population-wide testing. We can put this one on our list of possible tools pending further experiments. Unfortunately, even if this does become a useful tool for early prediction of who might come down with the virus, it does nothing to stem the transmission of the virus, since even when a person finds out that they're likely to have the virus, the app provides no information about who they may have come in contact with while their symptoms were mild or even potentially invisible, even though they were actually infected and could infect others. For that kind of information, we need some way to know who the people who turned out to be infected had come in contact with over the past 14 days. And that is a big challenge. But wait, this app we've been talking about is a smartphone app. And smartphones are always with their owners. And smartphones broadcast every minute of every day pretty much exactly where they are. Couldn't we somehow use that capability to find out who an infected person had come in contact with? Well, a lot of outfits seem to think so, from national governments to state governments to national health systems to tech giants like Google and Apple. But even with all those heavyweights on the case, we still have our beginning two questions. What do we want the tool to do? And will it work? We'll take up those two questions when it comes to using smartphones to trying to track the spread of COVID-19, right here on a future edition of Notes from the Electronic Cottage. Music